What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 274. Today, have Sean Owen, the CEO of Salt Lending, on to talk about salt. Just to kind of pick up where we left off, I uh, was asking you to talk a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, so just kind of give us a little bit about how you got into the space and got to salt. Yeah, early days, got into Bitcoin around 2000, end of 2011, just was compelled by the idea so much that kind of got obsessed all the way um, until now. And early days was looking for anything you could possibly do with Bitcoin um, along the way. You know, Salt Lending comes along as an idea around 2015, uh, put together as a company in 2016, really kind of launched in 2017 and have been around ever since iterating around the concept of Bitcoin as savings and saving your uh, collateral so that you can borrow against it. So the thesis of waddling, then all additional kind of credit facilities and ideas that come built on top of that, we could go really deep on. Um, and I'm still just kind of advocating and building towards the future of Bitcoin as much as possible and all other types of cryptocurrencies that are supported that fit that thesis as well. Excellent. So what what is SALT? Um, let's Let's give a bit of a high overview of it at first glance. Um, so what, what are you guys trying to accomplish in the world of lending and borrowing and how does it work in a nutshell? Yeah, so we were the first ones to launch the idea of lending against your Bitcoin as collateral and saving uh, onto the thesis that you could hold something, somebody else could lock it up, be the lender on the other side, and then you could get the capital that is needed without having to sell your coin. And that's really still what we do. We have some pretty innovative new first mover products as well, like embedding that service into other platforms and wallets. Just did a deal with 5,000 different car auto dealerships and looking for ways that could be applied to in the future. Anything you could imagine that's non-purpose, whether it be mortgages and, and whatnot. And we, we also offer the other side of that to incredible investors, which is effectively being able to earn interest and or what people call yield and everything in between just launched some new home accounts that give you the ability to have custody before you go into a loan product or before you move over into something else. We have a marketplace we're designing. And so worth checking out if you haven't checked it out before, but really just still building on top of not only we're the first to build the blockchain backed lending concept, um, but as you can imagine, that goes on forever. The biggest markets in the world are the credit markets and debt. So we see a long road ahead of continuing to build new products on top of that. Yeah, like to expand on like one of those use cases, like car dealerships, for example, how do you guys integrate with that so that people can borrow? Yeah, imagine you have Bitcoin and you want or Ethereum or something and you don't want to sell it. You're at a car shop. You're looking at your favorite new wheels that you want to buy and you go to check out and you have your credit check when they go through. Will you approve for financing or not? One of those options being able to pre-qualify for some amount of your loan, if not the whole thing based off of the crypto that you hold rather than just going off of your credit score and um, a traditional means of taking out a new loan, you'd be taking out a SALT loan for that. Yeah, that's really interesting. If someone wants to just use SALT uh, the regular way, what's the way to go about it? Do you go to like the website and then um, yep. you, you sign in or, or connect a wallet or how does that process work? Yeah, if you just went saltlending.com, so S-A-L-T lending.com, create an account, post your collateral that you want to, check out the terms, apply for a loan, um, and off you go. We can usually turn around pretty quick for you. What um, what coins can you use as collateral? Uh, you mentioned Bitcoin. Are, is there a full spectrum? 
Yeah, um, we don't we don't have allow. too many ones, but the main ones are still. I mean, eighty percent I would say or more is always usually Bitcoin. We do offer Ethereum. Um, we have some others there, long tail, and then stable coins. But the majority of most people are still looking to borrow against uh, their their Bitcoin or some percentage of a portfolio effect, if you will. What about coins that you can uh, that are on proof of stake that you can stake with? Do you allow people to capture yields um, when they put it up as collateral, or do you guys take that as well? Does it go against interest rates? Yeah, How does that work? I'm currently off of many offer off of those. Although I think it's really interesting, I'd like to beta test that out with Ethereum now that we're post the merge successfully. I think there's a lot of interesting concepts around that, uh, but we haven't we haven't done one live of those types yet. Okay, gosh, yeah, that'd be really interesting. So I pe think people would be very curious that if you're um, putting up collateral uh, for your own crypto, your own crypto is collateral, maybe that you can still stake it somehow, or who's earning it if it's staked, or how that might work. Um, what about yields, APYs? What traditionally does it look like when someone borrows against their crypto? Does it like fluctuate and depend, or is it set um, in terms of what they have to pay back? It very much fluctuates. You can always come get a quote at any point in time and lock in wherever you're at. But as you can imagine, the markets themselves are always changing. We have a credit committee process in which we're always looking at what the base cost is and how to best facilitate that. So it really depends on markets. Okay, got it, got it. What about you know personal versus business type loans? I saw some of that on the website, which is kind of new to me. Um, are there any differences if you know a person's borrowing versus a, a company? The main difference is consumer lending laws are different state by state in the Amer in America here where we're at, and so depending on if you're a business, there's different thresholds. It's and it's very much nuanced. So you'd want to just check where you're at versus an individual, but that's really the main reason for that is just so you can be able to do both. You could have your individual account and you can have multiple different business accounts depending on how much you're managing. Uh, and there are different parameters for the most part, just on the protection side. Yeah. So is it um, regulated a lot differently state by state? Like in some, maybe it's easier and others more difficult to offer. Exactly. Okay. What, what are some of those states that are maybe easier and some that are more difficult for you guys? I don't know about easier, but I would say um, New York is one that has more rules or, or California say than others, you know, so mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily so much about being more difficult or not. It's really just whatever you have to do so that we can comply with for matching best uh, in class types of processes for consumer protection, uh, lend, truth and lending laws, usury laws, the rest to, to make consumers comfortable. Got it. Got it. Um, what about uncollateralized loans. I've heard this argued a number of times in the space as well. I know there's a benefit to doing it collateralized, but some people get worried that if the market goes down below a certain fresh threshold, they might lose their uh, crypto um, justifiably. Is there a way or you know, possibility that you guys might also explore an uncollateralized type of loan that you could offer at some point? It is possible that we would look at that, but it, you know, to get to the core of why we think this is a safer form of lending, a better form of lending, if you look at just an example of the things that have gone wrong this year in crypto, uh, whether it be Three Rose Capital, whether it be Celsius, whether it be Terra Luna, uh, you name it, 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 there's a theme that is that people were lending without having the proper collateral and or the right amount of collateral. And we just see that as kind of the entire thesis of the business model is to to in a way be anti-credit score anti-credit 
and and trust that you have the underpinning collateral instead, which doesn't require anybody's um, opinion, and it doesn't change the same way that a future credit score will change. You know, somebody could have great credit, but that doesn't necessarily predict the future. And so it's just a safer form of lending. If you take, for example, Bitcoin as pristine collateral, lending against that is is uh, the same, no matter who you are, right? So it's a lot easier to understand and has a lot less issues with discrimination and, and different issues that come up in normal forms of lending. So we could look at it, but we probably wouldn't because we think it's really the entire premise of why this is a better product. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of arguments both ways for sure. I'm not sure which one's better or worse. I do like the collateralized loans. I've used them a bunch um, and I've used SALT too quite a bit in the past. But do you think there's any maybe need for like a decentralized credit score or something that could go with a wallet or a decentralized identity that people maybe could carry cross chain and show like a proof of history for paying back loans, maybe for those that don't have access to a lot of capital to put down? They do. Um, I think that that's definitely needed, especially the KYC component. You know, right now, the way information is stored in these central places and honeypots it's uh, I think last week alone, I got four emails from different large companies where I had to get noticed because there was a data breach. And it's just ridiculous in a lot of ways that we still have these problems that relate to every company having to know their customer and hold on to all the same information. So having a decentral form of that, that you own your own information and you could carry it across protocols and businesses would be huge. I, I've no, I know there's some progress in certain businesses that are working or is that that are getting closer? It's not what we specialize in, but we would definitely integrate with tools like that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be a really interesting kind of a tool or product to offer at some point. Um, and in regards to the markets, though, I mean, it's it's been a wild year for sure. I mean, everyone's kind of felt it and so many things have happened. Um, you know, one of the bigger highlights being things like Celsius and, um, you know, uh, attacks on lending and, and borrowing and stuff like that, despite it being very new in the space. Does that put any kind of like pressure on you guys as a as a lending platform in DeFi um, to, to perform a certain way? Does it create more of a, or does it put you guys more in the spotlight or do you feel any kind of pressure from that? Or what's, what's the, I can't even say it, reverberated effect from, you know, stuff like that has happened this year? Yeah, I think it's called into question just about everybody in the space and put a, a lot of players in, in the spotlight, especially if you're in the business of lending. And so I would say we've we've felt that full force and have been very uh, keen to, you know, looking at how can we best do the right thing, stand up for what we think is ultimately the solution, be there to help give liquidity where is needed and advocate for the safer lending model. And ultimately, we, we're really looking at how can we come out of this with as an industry, learning a lot more and knowing that the mistakes that have been made have the lessons associated with them so that, you know, forward into the future, we, we don't have these problems happen again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just kind of stepping back and expanding a bit on the DeFi space overall. I mean, it's a baby. It's been around for like two years or so, whatnot um full-fledged and offering you know different products and services and different projects cropping up here and there where do you think the DeFi aspect of the industry is right now um in terms of its you know growth it's i know it's a very important niche i think within blockchain and within web3 
Um, how do you see that kind of growing from here? What are some of the next steps in, in this part of the space? Yeah, I mean, the most obvious one would be the threshold of, I always use for myself, the threshold of, can my mom use it? And that's like consumer adoption. If it's easy enough to where anybody can come in and create an account or get to work and not feel intimidated and or not have a huge learning curve, you know, we've probably gotten there. Once the user experience is such that you don't really need to know what you're doing in order to participate. And I don't think we're anywhere near there, right? Like I would not advocate for my mom to go get a MetaMask and start borrowing on these DeFi platforms or protocols. Uh, I don't think we're there for safety, ease of use, and a whole bunch of other reasons. Doesn't mean we won't get there. I just think there's a lot of work still to be done. And that's where, you know, SALT still comes in is being a bridge service, I, I would call it centralized to the degree that you have to be. And a lot of that is creating the, the normal feel and look and process that people are used to using in Web2 and services that you, you almost expect to have somebody that you can call and pick up the phone and talk to and a simple way to interact with it where you don't have to learn everything there is about holding your own keys and, and doing smart contract risk and whatnot. And so it definitely seen a lot of growth. That whole space has really innovated in, in so many ways. And there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm very impressed with. I think we're still several, if not many, you know, three to five years away from more adoption. And I don't know that we'll get it to the point where say the mom test, it passes anytime soon because it just really does have to get to where we've smoothed out every last user interface and security issue altogether, plus gotten regulatory licenses and you know people that are in the business of compliance to check off on it. Yeah, what, whether it's you, me, or your mom, or my mom, I don't know if you, get, you can track this at all or if you have, but demographically, um, what are the type of people that are using this type of service that SALT offers? Is it, you know, investors? Is it um, companies and institutions? Um, you know, what type of people do you see the most attracted to it right now that kind of drive this part of the market? Yeah, I think that the product serves what is really designed for anybody that is a saver and an investor. And you could almost put those two together. Um, savings was originally kind of a form of just investing before you look into kind of inflation rates and the need to keep up with all the different ways people feel like they're chasing yield, it starts with just saving and knowing that you're not going to lose your hard-earned savings. And so anybody that's looking to save in the form of cryptocurrency, particularly in the large caps like Bitcoin, Ethereum, that's who, we, that's who we're really designed for, first and foremost. And that can be institutions as well, you, you know, rather than just letting it sit there or needing to sell it. If you want to hold or hodl forever, you need some place to potentially tap into the ability to borrow against it without selling. And you need the ability to potentially earn off of that if you want to kind of go outside of the normal risk of just saving and feel confident with it. And everything else related to banking from swaps and on-ramps, off-ramps, buying, selling different types of investments and securities like can kind of stem from that. Mm -hmm. The principal foundation is whether or not you need to save, which I would argue everybody does, and eventually invest. And so that's where it kind of generally fits anybody in crypto. And then from there, I think we usually see the majority of the use from people who have really been serious about saving for the long haul, and they just want to be in this forever. They don't want to exit their positions at any point in time for any reason. This is a very attractive platform for them. 
Yeah, I know at least in the U.S., there's some benefit to not exiting your position and borrowing against it because that borrowed money is tax free because uh, it's technically a loan. I know a lot of people that have gone that route to use it to reinvest or to buy real estate or um, to pay for business expenses or personal expenses during harder times and they don't want to come off their crypto still. Um, have you seen a lot of maybe like strategizing, you know, with this kind of stuff and taking advantage of the fact that it is tax free and that maybe people are leveraging it to um, up their investment or find new opportunities? You know, I think everybody's situation is different, but everybody also has to deal with their own time horizon. And the ability to use credit often is simply for the sake of time that you need to either you know, buy time or tap into your capital for your future potential. Now, that's usually where credit shows up and where, where debt markets exist. And so there's, I couldn't even begin to tell you all the different strategies that people may be interested because it touches every type of element in your life, whether it's avoiding or planning around how to best deal with your, uh, your expenses. It's at a given point in time, buying a new car, but needing some credit at this point in time to get there or not wanting to sell and be willing to pay some amount of interest because the upside you see on the long haul, it will outpace that. You know, there's a lot of different ways you could go, but that's the thing with, with credit and savings when it's non-purpose is it serves just about everybody in their own way if you do it right. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of cool creative ways people can use it. And it's definitely a beneficial tool as long as people are smart. Um, in regards to SALT and the future, what's on your guys' timeline that um, is publicly out there that maybe you guys are really excited about or you want people to be aware of um, or things that are maybe exciting to you that you guys you know might be updating or, or adding to your product suite? Yeah, so we just launched the custody accounts, home accounts, quite a few different navigational tools. We're continuously releasing software. We don't like to publish a roadmap necessarily because it, a lot of times it just puts a lot of pressure on when and often it's more important to do things right than to do them on time. So we always put the principle of kind of what we're going to do once we know for sure. We have some future products that may maybe you know about, maybe people don't, uh, a credit back out. Uh, asset-backed credit card, the ability to do one-to-one on-ramp and buy and sell trading for accredited investors, quite a few different things that they'd have to reach out to us and talk about. Um, and then quite a few different potential potentials coming out of the current um, situation we're working at with partnering with new parties that I, I won't say too much about, but if you come talk to us or look into it, we can probably help you out with the many different elements. It all pretty much starts with the base account and then from there we can help guide you or work with you depending on your needs if you're an individual or institution um, and whether you're looking for more sophisticated trading technology or if you're just looking for basic credit and you know, we have quite a, a bit there we can have conversation around but i'll i'll leave most of it fairly nebulous intentionally just come check us out and talk to us and we'll see what we can do excellent uh where should people go or where do you want to direct them if they need more information or want to learn more about salt yeah, come to saltlending.com. That's just the regular handle. Start an account and hit the chat button or come email with us. Uh, happy to make time to kind of run you through all the different options, work you through the, uh, the customer support or training, and really customize whatever it is that your needs are so we can get to know you. There's a relationship behind every one of these um, products. And, and so that's usually where we like to start is just getting to know each other and taking it from there. Do you guys have a community on Discord or Telegram or elsewhere? 
We do. They're kind of in flux. I think for the most part, that's an open question as far as where we want to end up, if it's Twitter mm-hmm. spaces or Discord or something else, and interested to learn from people what value really comes, where, where people want to take it, you know, what's the conversation look like and, and where should it best land. For the most part, we do a lot of that just internal. And so it's one-to-one and or in small groups. Uh, back to just chatting. Um, but there are plenty of places you can find us. You know, if you go to our page, there's pretty much all the social channels. Feel free to hit us up on any one of those and we'll respond for sure. If people want to connect and chat with you or find you online, maybe follow you and what you're doing when you talk about, um, do you have a LinkedIn or a Twitter? Yeah, LinkedIn for sure. Twitter has uh, been very active with people DMing me there lately. And um, if you can't find me there, you know, come to the website, look around. You'll probably find my email or I can put it out. But I'd say start with, with LinkedIn or Twitter and I'll probably respond to them as soon as possible. Sometimes it takes a little time. So if I haven't responded to you yet, just give me a minute and I'll get there to you. Awesome guys, check out and uh, follow Sean, check out salt lending, give them a follow and um, try out everything they're doing. They're doing some great stuff. Uh, be sure to like the video and subscribe as well. If you haven't already, uh, Sean, thank you for taking the time to come on today. This by the, uh, uh, the rough start to the to the video and the stream, but um, good conversation. Got a lot out of it. Some good value. Really do appreciate the time, man. Yeah, Brandon, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Sorry for the audio at the beginning. Um, no let me know if you ever want to have another conversation. We'll take it up from there. Absolutely. Stay safe and talk to you in the future, man. Cheers.